This is the Round Robin podcast with our global business lens on Singapore. I'm your host, Aditya Devaker. Today we'll be talking about how Singapore is trying to become the go-to regional power for green finance. We'll talk more about what green finance is, what led to today's development, and what Singapore is doing to make it better positioned than most. So what is green finance? Essentially, it's how banks are creating climate-friendly loans, allocating billions of dollars for investments, and creating carbon credits for businesses. We'll talk about carbon credits in a bit. But first, according to CNA Insider, a consortium of banks have pledged billions of dollars by 2025 to create a portfolio of green investments for Singapore and the surrounding region. OCBC Bank has allocated 18.5 billion US dollars, while DBS Bank has allocated 14.8 billion US dollars by 2024. What this will do is allow banks to slowly turn what they once thought were risky and low-profit investments into long-term diversified investments. Still, this hypothetical from Willie Tenoto, a director of Fitch Rating Singapore, a global credit rating agency, gives you the bigger picture. If $10 billion is invested in green projects, that might sound great, but out of an investment portfolio of around $200 billion, this is not a short-term alleviation for climate change seeking projects at all. In short, it's probably best for the planet if these banks tripled their investments for the same time period. In my opinion, they'll see faster return on investment if they sponsor a diversity of green projects now rather than later. But it's not just Singaporean banks that are investing. Singapore's own central bank, the Monetary Authority of Singapore, or MAS, has allocated $1.8 billion of its own. In addition, they've teamed up with the previously mentioned banks, in addition to Standard Chartered and Temasek, the government-owned investment firm, to create Climate Impact X, an exchange that allows companies to buy and sell carbon credits. This is a huge deal, and will be fully online and live by the end of 2021. Alright, now let's get to carbon credits, and what Climate Impact X will do for Singapore. A carbon credit, as defined by Investopedia, is an equivalent to one ton of carbon, which is the road trip equivalent of starting in Miami and driving to San Diego. It might seem exhausting to you, but these are rookie numbers for industry. The whole problem with climate change solutions is that most companies can't actually turn to electric vehicles or find renewable sources of energy without significantly shutting down their business. What carbon credits do, once you buy them, is it lets you officially emit a certain number of tons of carbon per year. A credit ranges from 5 bucks to $125 per ton, depending on how many credits these exchange allows to go live. The whole goal of these credits is that you are only allowed a smaller and smaller number every subsequent year, which forces you to think about how much carbon you're going to emit in the next few years, and you can slowly but surely implement changes to your business. The greater news is that if you're completely switched over to renewables and your company doesn't emit carbon anymore, but you have these rollover credits, you can sell these credits to companies who are further behind than you and make a profit. That's what Climate Impact X will do, backed by satellite data for carbon emissions, bank credit, and blockchain encryptions. Alright, 
let's take a pause. You just absorbed a lot of information about the carbon trading business. You might be asking yourself, is this one really long installed version of the game Hot Potato? Doesn't this just shift carbon emissions to the global south? And you'd be correct in asking yourself this. Politicians, bureaucrats, and world governments have been asking themselves how to limit carbon through the capitalist market-based system we live with for decades. These carbon credits aren't anything new, but have gone through a few different names and increased the number of steps to get to where we are today. We started off with a carbon tax, but because companies couldn't even stand to think of paying a tax per ton of carbon, they lobbied world governments and got out of it. For more on carbon taxes, read anything Arnold Schwarzenegger has said when he was governor, or my favorite, Robinson Myers' obituary to the carbon tax. We then modified it into what we call cap and trade, which is essentially how I described carbon credits, but it's limited to regions the EU, the Northeast in the United States, and California are the largest Western blocks that do cap and trade, with China being the latest Eastern block to try it out. The history of carbon trading reminds me of the immortal words of George Walker Bush. Quote, the responses have got to end in order for us to get to the framework, the groundwork, not the framework, the groundwork, to discuss a framework for peace, to lay the... All right. End quote. Me too, W, me too. And it's pretty much exactly where we're at with the carbon market today. More frameworks for more groundworks to come in the next few years. So, what does all this mean for Singapore? Singapore has studied the heat island effect, urban geometry, urban cooling, and urban greening effects for years. For the last few decades, they've built their city in such a way that allows buildings to funnel wind to cool off pedestrians, they've built pipelines with Mitsubishi to cool entire sections of the city more efficiently than AC, and have planted more than 2 million trees to create shade and lower temperatures. They're probably also the best positioned in Southeast Asia to also then host a market solution to climate change. As I've mentioned earlier, it's probably not enough by the timelines the banks have given, but it's an incredible start and they will be the hub that spearheads Southeast Asian climate change initiatives. 